0: Strap in Shiva. How's you doing? Morning. Good. That instant coffee of yours. I'll be bitter. You'll be bitter. <laughs> Mr. John Wittell from Recorded Future. Good day, sir. Yellow. <laughs> Mr. John, I will not butcher your last name from Blackpoint Cyber. <laughs>
1: What's up? Live uh, via the RV and Starlink. It works.
0: Mobile Command Center. Mobile yeah, I- Command Center. I like it. Dude. That takes you back to three letter agencies, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Mr. Xavier, how you doing, sir? Really? Also Blackpoint. Good to see you. It's Javier. Javier right. I always butchered that. <laughs> don't oh, beat me you to you the butcher my name.
2: Yeah. That's why he doesn't yeah. call you back that <laughs> <maybe why>. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: not inaccurate. Mr. Matt Lee. I don't know sure if you want us to mention your company that you're affiliated with or not, but Yeah, I'm, I'm with, with Pax8. 8. Eight. I'm yeah. I'm an external evangelist, so
3: you know I get a lot of purchase. I'm okay.
0: <laughs> uh, those who don't know, Pax8 is a a uh, a wholesale of products that, uh, for the SaaS platforms that y'all resell for uh, IT and MSPs. Yep, and our good buddy, also Mister Vince Chrysler with Dart Q Hello, hello, How's there everybody. So, what is going on? It's been two, maybe three months since we've held one of these things. That feels way, way overdue. So. What, what's everybody up to these days?
3: Not it. it. go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dipping out early, so I'll be the first to go. <laughs> I, I got a, a live stream after this here, back to back. But, uh, uh, you know, for me, it's just been a lot of travel, a lot of education. Um, You know, there's been some great speaking points recently around, you know, just basically some of the motions in driving our economic reasons to start securing oneself, right? And so it's been... A lot of good cannon fodder for that, right? Both between, you know, SEC and some of their proposed regulations, as well as Circea and uh, a lot of those things. So, anyways, just been busy teaching, doing my thing. Man, you probably got a lot more done. flight hours than I do right now. 45 flights now this year. Yep. <laughs> 101 since May 20th, actually. <laughs> so,
0: our feathers started to grow out your backside yet? Man, my arms are sure tired. <laughs> Dad joke. <joking. laughs>
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, man. Lots, lots of travel. We've been Have having you? a lot of these, uh, managed service provider shows. Um, it's just great to see everybody out again. Yeah, you know, I, I, think that, I think what's cool about this channel is it's like, it's so, so much of this happens face to face, you know, meeting somebody over a drink, having a discussion, proving yeah. that you're not just some BS marketer. Um, yeah, yeah. so we've had a lot of. It's, it's always an in <laughs> And a lot of like real conversations
3: happen right like that's where you get to the meat of it with most of those people is in that kind of i hate saying it drinking environment because you know ian richardson doesn't (laughs) drink but he stays in that environment but yeah that's awesome vince
1: yeah i think for us uh you know yeah we've been traveling we've been doing a little bit of charity work you know we've been doing some support for ukraine which you know i think we can feel good about but more on the cyber side uh we're finally sharing Intel reports from stuff we've done for many years. We never shared any details on tradecraft or techniques. I've been doing some podcasts. And so, you know, once Microsoft released that report on Hafnium, which we had stopped them, you know, many, many months prior and had some more info, we started releasing stuff there. And then, you know, specifically the Black Cat Ransomware group, we noticed they were liking to use free trials of like IT tools, you know, and, and RMM yeah. software deployment stuff to kind of
5: um, uh, who <laughs> uh, wants to call
1: out? Yeah, yeah, all, How about, all of you, all of them. <laughs> gonna... to, to be honest, like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I would say some of the the obscure ones, like total software deployment. Um, yeah, uh, that was actually probably the catalyst. You know, Screen Connect was involved, but t- to be honest, I, I don't really fault them on this one at all. In fact, they snuffed it immediately when we told them. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, Total a network scanner. So oh, Terra. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Oh, uh, the Goju. An a and ends with an A. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the uh, but uh, but that was kind of interesting. Uh, and also the ransomware for that group was written in Rust. Yeah. Oh wow. Fast. Yeah, it's very fast. I was like. Uh fast. But, you know, they've you know. kind of changed X talk. Like, well, I don't want to mess up because I don't think John went yet. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a bit, but we had interesting <laughs> characteristics that we, we saw from like, you know, it's a concept did you want to go like really spooky and, and try and hide your tracks or do you want to not care and operate loud but fast? Both win. And, yeah. you know, sometimes going spooky catches you easier and going loud and fast you can't stop it. So it's the same net result for the bad guy. All anyway, right. I so. prefer
3: loud and fast just to go on the record before it, John goes like, <laughs> <they're> just...
2: <laughs> I thought we were PG. here. <laughs> <laughs>
5: we
3: haven't crossed too far yet. So. Man, you're, you're on a roll. Man, man that was no. not where my head went, but thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> high bar.
0: Yeah. Fair, fair. We can't go all full piss and vinegar. Shiva. We, we do have one in the works for that though. But anyways, what's up John, man. I haven't, Dude, it's been, what, six months? You've been living in isolation. Not really, but you, you've been kind of off the radar.
6: It's been a while. I'm just getting back online from uh, uh, having a third kid. Well, I didn't have that. It. it just kind of blended in my household. So, uh, uh, Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted us to publicly put that out
0: there, but I did hear you had another kid, so congratulations on that.
3: Did you mind sharing date of birth, uh, social security number, address, uh, you know, weight and height? No, I'm just kidding. Right <laughs> after he signs up for
6: LifeLock. <laughs> No, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it's been a fun, a fun experience, but like nobody tells you like when you have like the third kid, it's now chasing them down. Like you, you're holding them or you're trying to use one arm to wrangle two kids. And that's really what gets you, um, run around for that. So then like trying to keep up on anything else. Like, okay, what's going on in the news? Ransomware. Okay. Again, I guess it's still a thing. I'll deal with that. <laughs> I did
4: find when we had our third kid, we were much less worried about breaking them. Right. And so you're just like, whatever, like there's a lot less anxiety and you're just like hanging them around by their feet and doing whatever you need to do. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> not wrong. It's true. I have three. This is a thing. <laughs> it
0: is. It is. So I guess let's dive in. I mean, me and shit were talking about a little bit earlier. And I'm not sure if we really want to sa- save this one for this one or a different go one, it. but it's, Good Send port. it. Right. it. Cleared hot. Um, the, great podcast, re- by the way. It's great. <laughs> has anybody looked at this train wreck Verizon report that was put out this week? The data, the conferencing data breaches from 2021.
2: Don't. waste your time. I have not read it. <laughs> Ransomware is not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, is that kind of the meat of it. <laughs> yeah, fair. People are stupid, and insider threats are worse. There You go, I just saved you 103 pages of reading
1: uh, to, to be honest. I, I read the Ryzen Reach report uh, many years ago and then a couple times after, and it was the same shit every year, so I stopped reading. No,
2: but they, they changed the the uh, year, <laughs> the, date. <laughs> yeah, the date. Yeah, I know. i
1: just, no, it's one of these things you can read someone else's report, but if you do this for a living, like I'd like to read my own, you know, intel and understand it.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I do like to, um. I do like to see some of the other reports out there. I mean, granted, we're not as deep as you are, John, but, you know, definitely seeing what other people are seeing out there, at least from my perspective, is a good Yeah. Thing.
1: I like the real specific ones that are really, yes. to, like, trade credit. Yeah, that's, I guess those are the ones we read, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, not the high level. I like trading. to read
0: a much more tactical. I like to read tactical. a lot
2: of,
5: yeah, and a lot of, like, deeper reports, too, that people put on. Those are always interesting, because then they go a little bit more into, like, how it led up to the malware rather than malware on.
4: Yeah, I, I, that DBIR I found for years, like there's so much work that goes into it. So many people that are involved, but they distill it down to such a high level that the real value is in it is to paste in your slides, you know, for your presentations. Here's a chart that shows why this is important. Um, but you know, John, to your point on, on writing reports, I think, you know, coming from a technical background, I've always been nervous about putting stuff out there. Cause I'm like, you know, people are gonna really vet and care about it. And yeah, I think two or three years ago, I put together a report on like consumer IOT devices. and i had like a summary volume that was like 12 or 15 pages and i had a technical volume that was like 110 pages and i don't think anybody read the freaking technical volume and so the next year like we did it again two years later and they were like we're keeping this under 10 because nobody's going to read it which is like it kills me it's like you try there's all this information you can publish and people are just like i want to see the i want to see the cliff notes
1: yeah it is it is uh it there's a line to walk to on you know education versus arming if that makes sense uh yeah, I, I just, you know, not to blow smoke up John's ass, but Record Future, their Intel reports are
3: fantastic.
1: I freaking love them and they do a really good job at it. Yeah. Like, I mean that. Like, we've read them yeah. and it's legit. So, obviously, we came from, you know, my previous life intelligence community. Like, the reporting discipline is a real thing, even though the community messes up sometimes. And yeah. if you're going to do it, it better not be a thinly-veiled marketing slick. It better be honest Correct. and real and vetted. And I think that builds some... uh you know, credible.
3: Wasn't there one of those that came out a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> that's, that's what I was trying to do is put my own fingers in my ears on that
4: one. <laughs> are we talking about the locker RMM MSP tool? And, and the backlash on that was fast Uh-oh. and furious. Uh, well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved, yeah. Yeah. well-deserved.
3: Yeah. Fast. Uh, I like the fast. correcting nature of it, right? Like, I, you know, I, I don't hate their product. I think it's a decent product. I think it's a, a, a cool thing to use uh, to solve a, a challenge. But, boy, the marketing side, holy hell, guys. Like, that's, it just breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah
1: but i digress yeah (laughs) that was an interesting one but uh
2: so what are you guys i guess john since you're just getting back uh wetzel just getting back into the swing of things let's put you on the spot what are you seeing after a few months off
6: um i'll be honest i'm still getting caught on technical reports but i've been looking at um Some legal and compliance stuff coming down the pipeline. And that's kind of been that uh, took me on a little tangent the other day. Um, I have a friend who's a lawyer and she was talking about, uh, have you guys been following Aerojet at all? Aerojet Rocketdyne systems? Mm -mm. All right. So Mm. they went, they got cleared for trial, went to trial. And then 24 hours later, they settled out of of court for like $9 million. And the crux of the case is a cybersecurity one, which is this. Their former senior director of uh, InfoSec sued them uh, because he said that they weren't in compliance with uh, their uh, with uh, cybersecurity regulations. Both the uh, basically said that they were out of compliance for kind of best practices for DFARS and uh, that they were he also sued them for wrongful termination. Ah, okay. Well, here's the other half of it. But here's what it is: the suit, most of the findings of the suit was actually under False Claims Act. So DOJ came down last year and said that they were going to start taking a lot more. I saw that from, yeah, the, yeah Federal Trade Commission was pushing it. Yep. Yeah. So basically, DOJ supported this suit. And what the False Plains Act allows you to do is that if uh, somebody was an employer or somebody says, hey, you were out of compliance with federal regulations, you can claim up to three times the amount of their government, uh, like the government contracts, plus like $50,000 per incident. And then on top of it, if you win, and like DOJ backs it, if you win under a false claims act suit, you get 15 to 30% of that uh, back to you. So they, oh, won the pay, we, we settled out court and it was like a $9 million, oh, this was like, uh, end of April, they saw this whole thing it came through. Um, yeah. So Aerojet, the rocket bank Systems, I think. but it's like an interesting precedent because now you have. Like it brings up this new thing because now Department of Justice is now saying, Hey, if you will be your sword, yeah, your sword, your man clients will come in and we'll help you sue them. And it'll, it's severe. I just got goosebumps, John. Like, is there any
2: correlation with that case and the Uber case with their CIO being held liable for cybersecurity failures?
6: Well, I think that one was like, so DOJ just came out, like, I think last year and said they kind of reversed December. Yeah, previously they said, no, we're not going to do too much. And then because of the Biden member of the executive order, they reversed positions on it completely. And this is the first test case for it. Yeah. So like, yeah, because I'm interested. I remember seeing that. And so the the concept was, and
3: I didn't know this other component, John, but the concept in that FTC release was, hey, we're going to start suing you, not because you're necessarily not doing cyber stuff. But essentially, if you misrepresent what you are doing, right? And that's, that's essentially what the, the statement was. And this is the first action of that. But I didn't know the other component, which makes this a thousand times stronger. Like how many times is DOJ going to be able to build a case against something with from the outside in without any data or information? Now that you made this a, hey, you know what? Our security director, not this security director, he's very happy. But our security director is not happy. He's tired of fighting the board. The board's not listening. The SEC aspect hasn't kicked in. And now guess what? I've got the biggest sword in the world that nobody ever wins against. Or if they do, it costs a lot, right? And I mean, you you know that that if I was in a boardroom and I might actually talk to a boardroom about this. But if I was in a boardroom, this is an amazing sword. Uh um, crazy. Holy hell. I would hell.
1: stop inviting the IT guys would
2: threat lockers stop that lawsuit by the way oh jesus yeah. i'm not gonna go on
3: record saying anything <laughs> like that shiva you know i get in troubles <laughs> <laughs> not just trouble but troubles it's multiple troubles it's ken patterson troubles right this moment so i'll leave it alone at that <laughs> uh, that's brilliant john thank you so much i'm actually going to use that in a speech in like the next two days so i'll do a little bit. That's, that's fantastic
2: how about you, John?
3: I don't remember the
1: original question, Shiva. I just... <laughs> I, I, I All right, we're <laughs> going to
2: see
5: if you... As soon as someone said compliance, man, it was like a foghorn to my ear. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, you you can ask
2: uh, Javier to talk about that thing you wanted him to talk about, whatever that was?
3: Yeah, you started down this path of asking Javier to talk more about black uh, the, about the Rust... The Ransom- oh, uh, oh yeah, Ransom- yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, yeah. I can bring it back, boys. I got this. Hey. I'm here for something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, X, go for it. I mean, I thought... Yeah, man, I can talk it. about that.
5: Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting. And like you said, John, it, it brings up this weird kind of middle ground of, uh, you know, you got your automated detections, your AVs, your whatnot. Like, you know, they're looking for all those cool, nerdy tactics, in-memory process injection, all this. But you get samples like the Black Hat ransomware, which has no obfuscation, no nothing, right. written in Rust. There, You know, you can literally parse it out quite well and see what it's doing um you know with with basic decompilers and thanks john it was very very you know it's very effective that way because that it, it's actually it's so simple it makes it harder for the automated solutions to be like this is bad yeah <laughs> because it you know they don't want it, to it's similar just like a regular application there's no difference between that and you know something i write and compile real quick and go um you know or, or in rust well
1: and actually the other part is even a lot of the kind of kind of canary tactics it's so freaking fast by the time you trip Mm -hmm. that it still smashed like 50 60 percent of the box
5: yeah it has very efficient algorithms inside of it so someone it's definitely it's an interesting ransomware group because they're not the most loud but they they do have a level of sophistication that's a little bit different than some of the just like the, the normals like the lock bits and all those they you know they operate more of a of a, you know, a quick model, you know, the, while the Black Hat ransomware, you know, they, they put a little bit of effort and kind of some new tactics into uh, what they're doing. So they, they must have, it's probably, honestly, a lot of these are just spinoffs of other uh, group operators so I can, you know, why, why why am I giving someone else some of this cake? I won't take it all.
0: So Eric, but, what I've seen of this Rust ransomware payload, this thing is, the reason that it's so fast, please correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you're the master of this malware analyst, uh, analyst than I am, but, it's only taking the first thirty-two bits of it and changing it for the encryption and leaving the rest of the file alone and just cycling through. Is that correct, or is it the last? Or can you I get believe all? I thought
5: I believe it was the first. I think it limits to four megabytes. Okay, um, which which will hose most documents, right? You yeah, know, you know, I, and there's a lot of other ransomware I knew there's a, there's another ransomware sample out there. I can't remember off the top of my my head. But it had an algorithm where it would skip, like, it would do like, you know, uh, like 32 bits and then it would skip like 16 bits and 32. And so it didn't make the entropy too wild of the file. So that kind of fooled a lot of AV solutions out there too, because it's like, you know, the file wasn't as changed as it could be. So there's some samples out there that have those type of capabilities, but yeah, I think they learned from the past when it'll start choking on like an ISO file, some tech has on a shared drive (laughs) and then it's like, yeah, it takes a long time to encrypt a four, meg, four gigabyte file, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, when
1: you think about it, when you use a free tool as your backdoor or trial or whatever, that's not bad. It's not going to flag bad in anything. Then you deploy something like this. It's really freaking
2: effective.
3: Yeah. It's up offense, yeah, right? Like, at yep, some point. It is. It, it's <laughs> it, 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 it's, total, total. Yes, it's offense. We of ransom. Right. Did, uh, and then to make matters better, like John, like a lot of the MSPs when they're fighting their their security tools, and, and even a lot of security tool practitioners, unfortunately, recommend those exclusions for those those RMMs, right? And so yeah. and that's been that's a long standing two sided battleground where some of the solutions, you know, pur- purported by some of the players with like signing our code and only having this be able to be run and not really excluding the direct, but none of them are there. And so you already have like this. If I was a threat actor, I'm going to go buy two or three main tools and see what has no restrictions upon it when I want to do something. Inject a process into it or, right, like get into some way where you're like done. I know they're not protected against even enumeration, right? X, but for, uh, this is so hard to catch, I would imagine. <laughs> it's
5: very, yeah, when it gets down to this type of stuff, it is very hard to catch. Because, you know, you're, you're talking about something being executed by like a known good, signed, verified piece
3: of software, you know, so I mean, I used to use PowerShell in the back end of of, of Screen Connect to do hundreds of things, right? Like, yeah,
5: I mean, yeah, I mean, totally, it's (laughs) used, it's used for good 99% of the time. Yeah, but yeah, it's It's brilliant. Well, it's certain tools that that
1: you install almost come with a framework to execute, you know, by accident and that you really live off the land even more. I mean, I there's a example we talked about recently.
5: There, there's there's one recently assigned uh, executable from a VOS called AV Dump, and it's used to dump yeah. processes. Oh, uh, so you can, so you can uh, you know go ahead and dump that LSAS process where all those secret credentials are for. It is assigned <laughs> by VAS nice process AV ones. Yeah, that's that's the newest uh, one that I was reading about. But I've seen also other. I've seen PA exec, PS exec signed by someone's company certs before. It's like, whoa, well, perfect. Let me we grab that real quick. Wasn't there a big file sharing platform that
1: had one of those tools bundled with it? Like, I don't know. Uh what was it? Well, I don't want to out them, but
5: uh, yeah. <laughs> people are gonna use it. But <laughs> uh,
1: uh Yeah.
5: Yeah, but I, I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know there was a big uh there's a big uh, RMM company that also bundles in something that could be used for you. a lot of them bundle in like uh putty. It's like even that, like
3: yeah. We, we I've, and I've, not even I've, a I've, common version. There was point no. six still on one of them. I was so. I was just bad. about to say yeah, it's like point like, 0. zero six version of it. Like, I was like, what? I we're talking about the same vendor. Uh, <laughs> close my mind, and I'm just like, wow. I and mean, we've seen. I've seen a uh, actors
5: be like, oh, Putty's here. Thank you. I'm going to make a reverse tunnel back to my uh, hacker server. Thank you for reverse SSH. Tunnel some RDP. Wow. Yeah. 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 Like, well, thank you for that. Yeah.
3: No, because they definitely are blocking 22. This isn't up. We're fine, X. This is yeah,
2: I thought yeah. you were supposed to allow
5: you all. You can change SSH ports. Yeah. Just any, any, and just <laughs> go about the yeah. yeah. No one runs SSH over 443. Yeah, it's dull. Yes. Not even possible.
2: X, I got a <laughs> yeah, question so for you on awesome. the block cat thing you brought up. Yeah. Last week, uh, CISA put out CISA, however you pronounce it, weak security controls and practices routinely exploited for initial access. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, I it's about Ten things that they're telling you that most people don't harden.
3: To be fair, they also just added Heartbleed to the known, ex- you know, <laughs> the list, right? Like we so two thousand four yeah. or
5: something. We were talking about sometimes these threat parts get delayed a little bit when they come out of them.
2: Well, no, the reason I asked this <laughs> at all is you guys are saying that. Uh, black cat is fast and loud. Is it because yeah. they realize they don't need to be stealthy? There's so much misconfiguration and poor security out there that bang the doors, you know, smash the doors down, take what you can get.
5: Uh, there's, uh, there, there's, there's other, yeah. Like poor security uh, has driven a lot of ransomware groups or e crime groups. You know, open RDPs and you know, this, I, I, there's a lot that could be stopped by just best security practices. But the black Cat tactics, I mean, unless. Unless you really got someone auditing every piece of software being installed, you know, it's really hard to differentiate between just some tech finding total software inventory and installing it because he's curious or it's a ransomware of installing it because they want to, so, you know, when it gets to their their tactics, it's a little different. X, to Shiva's
1: point, though, I mean, I know we did some testing of EDRs like a year ago um, and you found like to evade them, simple tactics worked better and process hollowing and all, you know, fun. Absolutely. Um, And I think that, that also plays into their method approach. I mean, I actually, I think EDRs coming along have actually made it harder for the bad guys to do the more hacky stuff and they've switched to a lot more live off the land stuff, I t, which is my, you know, favorite way because it works all the time.
7: Well, but you also have the fact that, you know, a lot of, a lot of ransomware groups When they get that initial access, they'll kill the EDR on that system. And then somebody alerts on that. So that's one of the things I've never understood is why more orgs don't alert when, Hey, something just, you know, a third party, third party process just killed our EDR or endpoint. So even if you have the best EDR protection out there, and if you have it properly configured and that's a big if, um, you have the problem of, well, am I alerting when it's been killed?
5: Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, it's. I've always, yeah, I've always been a big component mm-hmm. on. You know, it comes with security and death too. Like you know, also it comes down to like you know, do you want your AV company monitoring itself? Really, it should probably there be an alternative outside of it? You know, a lot of them have like RMM tools already or on. RMM's that's monitoring. Yeah, that's monitoring your other stuff. You know, you kind of separate those gaps because you know initially it is kind of hard. You know, you got. I, I know a bajillion ways to get around the AV. Is that they? Just, it would be you know, such a massive lift to even figure out why. You know that they're they're blind to something. Yeah. That well, uh,
1: on. The dark side, uh, do exactly what you guys are talking about, but they threw a jump up code exploit to turn off an EDR. Yeah, Because uh, tamper protection. Like when you actually look at a lot of them, a few of them do it really well, but a lot of them have some sort of fatal flaw in their tamper protection. Yeah.
3: And you know, it's <laughs> how just much of design, that, right? John? How much an X? How much of that is affected by? doing good hygiene, like not having local admin or restricting applications that can run to certain applications. Like, you know what I mean? Like th- those are the things where this, my mind goes back to about what, 60, 70% of the methodologies to evade an EDR probably go away, or am I or am I just living in a pipe dream here, X? Um, You
5: know, uh, yeah, that, that that is a good stopper for it all. Again, you know, there's always the next, you know, unknown jump up, code, you know, there's a user, you come in, you jump up to, you pri- escalate your privileges. There's a, a lot of ways to do this. Even even knowing that like there's, it even it doesn't even come down to the operating system sometimes. It even comes down to sometimes your vendors may have a gap in uh, some security they have on the software on there. And it's, you know, trivial t- for someone to use that to gotcha. jump off code locally. So, I mean, like it does help the, help the file, <laughs> you know, like defenders well, file attack. The side user, if I remember. The side loading, that's what I'm actually <laughs> towards. Yeah, side loading is a huge, <laughs> hard one to solve, yes. But uh,
1: Matt, I think you're right, man. If you but, take uh, like the ability to be, a local admin that may have the same account on other computers to interrogate and learn about your environment. It makes it so much uh-huh. harder and slower for the bad guy. And then the level of sophistication of the operator is to go way, way, way up. Uh, yeah, sure. And way, that's when
5: they start uh, triggering the AVs a little bit because they have to start getting a little trickier, a little obtuse. And then start, they start coming out more. But, yeah, shared. but having shared local admins across machines, this might as well just have domain access.
3: Domain yeah, yeah, 100
5: yeah, It's the same enough. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they haven't shared local access. They
3: you know, put backslash the, users in the local admins, or, or if you will. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. Yeah.
5: And the uh, local, yeah, might as well just add to the domain admins. Solves yeah. a lot of uh,
3: tickets, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Convenience <laughs> Well, it's we, <laughs> not
1: We stopped the nation state again uh, the yeah. day, two weeks ago. The, the
3: one, one you told, told me about? about.
1: Yeah, I sent yeah. you a snippet of that, but that one, yeah. again, they were running a, a, a DMZ, which I think they need to be dead and shot in the head. Uh, That's because everyone screws up your rules, right? Between yeah. outside and inside. It's so easy to mess them up. And these guys, they had that set up, so that was a knock against them. And then they were, it was Cold Fusion exploit ultimate.
3: I know. That was so brilliant. Why which is ColdFusion doing net users group lookup? Right. This doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do?
1: These guys were so nervous about getting caught. They got caught anyway
3: but they're so they they did, like one caught. transaction in a day or something like they'll do fast. one like command a day
5: oh, yeah literally good. very slow
0: yeah but we've we seen a we had a case about two weeks ago where a malware was still credit card transactions in the network putting up to a text file and this is i mean actually probably familiar with this i know john and alan definitely will be but they would take and write it to it exfiltrate that text file and then timestamp or timestamp that text file, they would delete it and then recreate that file real quick. So your original time and date was still there, but you open it and it's blank. You know, it's a whole thing. is out of windows of timestamping. So, you know, we were we kept seeing malware getting you know, and traction going to this text file. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It's like, there's nothing in here, but everything is writing to it. So we actually had it to, you know, actually do a Wireshark to actually find all that stuff. And then we actually seen it in the alternative data streams. I was just better at this the, alternative data streams. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it t- t- to be honest, it took me a little bit. I was like, crap, why didn't I think of that? And it actually had in the alternative data stream where it was uploading that file to a mega share. I'm like, why did you even put that in there? But I was glad that they did because then it that, gave me that. Claim, right. Yeah.
5: That's kind of how they get out of that, uh, you know, air gapped part, you know, the SMB over the... Uh, the, the data from, you know, the
0: scraping out of memory S be it over and then find something else to hook it in and get it out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's, it's not all, I say that to say it's not always cut and dry, right? So it's, you, you, you're absolutely right. yeah So <laughs> I do see a lot of, uh, we had a couple of cases over the past couple of weeks where I, you know, we all see SonicWall being, you know, the forefront of many, many issues with some of their versions. And just seems like a lot of people are not patching. So, um, that's kind of Vince's world right there for the most part, you know, especially with firewall, you know, syslog monitoring and everything. So, um, definitely be patching your damn firewalls, people.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we, we've done a little, we've done a little research lately on this. Uh, have you guys heard of the BPF door stuff? Mm -mm, Yeah, (laughs) Like it's kind of like this obscure thing. You know, it it, they've attributed it to a Chinese group uh, um, to Red Mention, Um, but it basically it's a Linux based malware that uses the Berkeley packet filters to watch for commands in random packets. So you embed a command in some random packet, and as it comes through, it picks it up and executes the command. It's really sneaky stuff.
2: (laughs) It's almost like steganography.
5: Yeah,
4: Yeah. and and the way they
2: packet steganography.
4: Yeah, and the way they load it, basically, you know, they they get it loaded into memory. They times st- they change the timestamps on everything. They rename it. They delete it. So it's like it's the way they hook into the, to Linux is pretty crazy too. So it's uh it's one of the most interesting things I've looked at in a while.
2: That's pretty.
1: nice. Cool. Right. Vince, are you on the network side, do you see a lot of hackers being lazy with their
3: user agent strings? Threat actors, John. Some people oh. identify as hackers. Oh, okay. Sorry, Sorry, man. I'm just being a <laughs> <Matthew>. <laughs> uh, I got Chris Roberts PC. gets all riled up about that one personally. So, <laughs> so- <laughs> don't take <care> his-
4: <laughs> I'm too old. It's the old terms. <laughs> no, we're, we're not focusing in on that level, John. We're, we're basically like what we see is most of these hackers are lazy about the infrastructure they're using. Like they don't have to conceal that infrastructure in any way, shape or form, and they're highly successful. Yeah. And so our core, our whole approach is, you know, we're collecting from as many sources as we can to say, okay, we know what infrastructure the bad guys are using. And if it touches your network, we're just going to block it. Uh, is it fairly so
3: ephemeral ephemeral, or does it stay? Ben's, yeah.
4: Oh, we see the same things over and over and over again. I mean, it's just, there. there's unique stuff that pops up and we're tapped into, you know, one of my favorite sources is the gray noise data, right? We're tapped into their their API. And so as gray noise identifies people scanning for stuff and doing malicious stuff, we just block it. Cool. So it's, you know, shut, shut the gates before they even get in. And then, you know, if they do get in, you can refer to somebody else, like, you know, Blackpoint or somebody else to help. I, I don't know if they, I saw a comment about the name of the hack. I, yeah. If you guys are talking about the other one, but I was talking about BPF door. B P F. Bravo. Yeah. Pop oh, up. You just, Bravo
3: Pop, Pop, you, Pop, you just enabled them. I'm joking
2: around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We definitely see on the think like the password spraying attacks and things like that them being lazy with user agent strings and it's like a Linux string or something and you know that can actually be, it's basic but it can be a pretty simple quick rule to apply you know to cloud service they support or other login things to so just block them
4: you know. You know, on the password spraying stuff like we'll see we'll see exposed servers that I think people may not realize were exposed and they're getting hit like you know mm-hmm. 20 30,000 times and like why is this thing even exposed you should probably do like a a firewall rule to to limit that yeah <laughs> like you are and most people are like, like oh we know. forgot about that and i'm like exactly and so we yeah, uh, you know we saved a lot of networks just by you know di- displaying like look this thing's getting hammered and yeah. people are no people know about and it and they've been paying
3: for pen tests and they've only not listed that external ip cuz <laughs> no <it> was exposed it's <laughs> <Right.
7: laughs> like not right. yeah. in scope cuz it doesn't exist it's not out exactly
3: there. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny
7: I've I I never, have, understood, yes, I I sorry, never understood the desire of organizations to limit the, um, the limit scope. the scope of a pen check. <laughs> like it, I agree with you on that one, yeah. I'm like, let me find what I'm going to find. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Find what you're going to okay. find. And, and then let me, you know, I'll take action on that on the back end, but yeah, don't tell me ahead of time. Oh, ignore this class C cause that is, you know.
4: It depends on if you're doing the pen test to justify your job or to actually find the bad stuff.
7: Exactly <laughs> right. If it's a compliance thing, or if it's oh, I want to actually stop people from getting in the network. Right. That is an exactly point.
3: a compliance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scan this network because it's a 2003 server, and it really gets choked up when you're scanning it. Can we scan the there? when It's operationally the... <laughs> bad for us, right?
0: Yeah. You know, I've, actually, there. <laughs> I've actually walked away from penetration jobs like that. Like my, my literally, those who have actually engaged with me know that. I literally asked one question, what, uh, what networks do you want to make sure we scan that I may not be able to find on a public resource? Sure. And that's the, literally the only question, you know, and I give them my cell phone number in case things go bump in the middle of the night and I break something, you know, we're not going to just not scan your entire speed class. I stuff. Got, I, I
3: got something on my radar, Eric, and this is an Eric Taylor radar point, but also kind of me tangentially. Did you see the change in DOJ about prosecution of good faith actor, the um, hackers and threat yep. actors or people in our situation? Like you've done that with me and my company before, right? And I've done do that you with many people about it. <laughs> and But now you almost have some legal protection potentially. I mean, I didn't dig deep into it. So, John, have you dug into that much on that DOJ announcement two weeks ago?
6: Yeah, it's kind of the, the same envelope as, um, as some of the other DOJ changes there, they're, It's, it's interesting to see DOJ start getting more and more involved with this because on one hand, they have the compliance thing where they're saying, hey, we're going to get tougher on companies that are falling behind. But on the other hand, they're actually saying, listen, if you're trying to take positive steps or you're trying to contribute to be part of the solution, we're going to uh, actually be supportive of that, which is weird to me because it's also from DOJ, (laughs) FTC, as opposed to coming out of like, you know, CIS or anybody else kind of saying like, we're going to do it. It's kind of the legal arm of saying, we're going to try and be be good lawyers now.
3: But FBI's right. had that precedence for a minute, right? Like if you remember back since I think in the Obama administration, not to put it on you know politics, but just the understanding that I think the FBI had a directive of don't re-victimize the victim, even if it, it turns out they weren't dealing in their own best interest, right? Like, so after they have a ransomware, they had a policy of not re-victimizing that victim, uh, if that makes sense, by prosecuting them for things. Found you mean like things. if you
1: get mugged in the, in the city or whatever, like not arresting yeah. the guy that got mugged?
3: Well, the guy that got He's mugged and has fighting. a bag of cocaine in his pocket—like yeah, right. so it's more the guy that got mugged and had a bag of his cocaine that <laughs> oh, wasn't <laughs> taken. They might not arrest him for the cocaine. It's That's the point a better got, analogy. You know, <laughs> you know, well, so where <laughs> is the line on
1: that? On on this new G- DOJ, like so, you got to go hate. pen test a cloud service, throw an exploit, and be like, "No, nah, I was just doing it for like security right.
0: purposes." So yeah, th- this is where really the rub comes in, right? Um, and this is what my two cents gathering of this is. There are a lot of companies out there, and I'm sure even everybody on this call will get. Hey, I found a vulnerability in your website. Let's have a let's have a call, and you can pay me some money and blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, we all get that kind of crap. And there's a bunch yeah. of those um, scanners that are out there that are doing that. Blah blah blah. This is where where a lot of my stuff comes. It's like mm-hmm. I pick on Matt when he's in a conference room. Saying, you know, Matt should really hire us about a podcast. Yeah, yeah, he like, took a subdomain takeover, Jack.
6: <laughs> it's our fault. Like, yeah. <laughs> I really had some fun. Put my, with my picture
3: I up really and did. link to a YouTube channel of mine. Like, that uh, it was I on the shit humor for that one. So, so uh, I think so. But anyway, yeah, there was (laughs) it was funny, though, because it was tongue in cheek saying, hey, here's Matt talking about why you harden your infrastructure and hire hire pen testers on a subdomain of ours. Right. That's
2: that's very very different (laughs) when the guy doing it knows the object. Exactly. You guys have
3: a relationship. Yeah, We're friends. Right. Like, so that makes it.
2: If you didn't know who he was, your entire outlook would have been completely different.
3: Oh, true
0: story. Well. Yeah, I and that's where it comes in. It. It's like if a company has an actual vulnerability disclosure program, a bug bounty program, things of that nature, you know, that's when that's where I think this DOJ applies it to at least a federal level. You know, I can't go and just start attacking Blackpoint Cyber for some weird reason. And oh, really, yeah. Oh,
2: that sounded a little close to home. <laughs> I hate. I hate to, I hate to tell sure you, about but you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's. Fine. I I I love John. He's been very nice to me. But anyway, um, you can't just go and randomly start screwing with people's networks and not expect repercussions. So, you know, like, if you want to go test, I, I imagine where this comes in is if you want to start testing federal infrastructure and do an honorable disclosure and say, hey, you know, I mean good. I, I'm coming to you in good faith.
3: Here's where it came in for me. And, I, and Chiva, you go ahead. You look like you were poised to say something.
2: I have a thought on that. What if that is to protect people who do it through a vulnerability disclosure program who are threatened by the company saying, if you disclose this, we're going to sue you? That might be where this comes in. That's play. more where it's going yeah. to just Maybe. not let the big guy scare the here, little guy.
3: Here was where my argument comes in. So the Netherlands has this as an already like default methodology, right? Like you could literally... Hack into a Twitter account of a United States sitting president, and you will be prosecuted by them just to have it on record that you were found innocent, right? So, like, this is actually coming from the guys over at uh, whatever it was, um, at Divid. Or Divid, yeah. Um, but, but the point is, like, here's where I think this comes into play. I did a research project. I, I looked at 50 cities, and I pulled up how many Unified Controllers I could find in Shodan that were still there, and I had to go to it because it was Ajax. That. It would tell me the version, right? And I strung together log4j and pwnkit that were both vulnerable in that version and was able to gain root and patched the end unify controller. Like, that's where I think this <laughs> legal protection kind of was, like, it was great.
0: No, wait. Matt is now the FBI. Yeah, I, prox- I, I, I did rocket 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 on proxy on shell, show.
3: right? Yeah, I did proxy shell protections. But I was saying, I could have done that, right? I could have run one Python script to execute almost all of that by just pulling Shodan API and executing across, checking to see if the version's vulnerable and moving forward. But,
2: see, Matt, um, if you use DarkCubed, they would stop that. I was just about to say. From Shodan, not DarkCubed. Yeah, I agree with yeah, that statement. I got, I got that email, yeah. you know, in case you're wondering.
4: This is a point of contention. We got some some interesting responses it. back. Like people are like, it. how could you block Shodan? I'm like, look, yeah. like- Easily. You're gonna have stuff that's vulnerable. I think vulnerable. it's brilliant. And, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that's an excellent idea because you don't want your potential weaknesses being broadcast on a public open resource like that, right? Makes it easy for me, <laughs> just <laughs> a little queries. And,
1: yeah, I don't know where like the line is. In my opinion, the line is I think as soon as you execute code, you go but, like. But no that seems to be what the legal protection is. Is but if I, you I, I feel that, like I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't. I haven't read it, so I have no idea. I'm just saying, just blaming me. I, I feel like. You. Once you execute code and the other side doesn't know you're doing it, I think you've kind of crossed this magic yeah. threshold. I think even if it's, it's just like... apt
3: update, is that is that acceptable? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I,
1: I think it's once you execute code and someone yeah. didn't ask you to do that, you just yeah, walked yeah.
3: in my house. I, uh, I didn't ask you I to get come it. in. I Thanks for coming in and vacuuming for me, you jerk.
5: I was about to say, I feel like someone coming and cleaning your house and then leaving <laughs> yeah. like your door like, and I cleaned your house. I
3: just mojo lawn, <laughs> uh, you know. lawn, but now pay up, sucker.
5: <laughs> yeah, no
7: doubt. Uh, the window works. now that's ransomware,
3: that and that might be <laughs> the other side of it. I don't know that I could ask for money for that and have legal protection, yeah. right? I think that might be. <laughs> it really cool. is I meant help. to deal with the good good faith threat act or not hackers in this case. Yeah, so, I think. I want to see people. People. Tech folks. are like,
1: I think we found a vulnerability, and the company is like, "F you, I'm going to crush you."
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had that. that. That's a whole. You that's mean, that's a whole. Connect Wise and Bishop Fox. That was not well Matt publicly. For yeah, publicly. Listening, no, no, that's publicly
3: out there. I, <laughs> I said it to their I sales team, actually. I said it to their sales team at their sales kickoff. I punched them over that. It was right as that was kind of all happening back in February of 2020 or so. And I was like on the stage and I was like, they're not going to throw me out at this point. They've already paid for the flight. So
0: let's. <laughs> <laughs> it's already paid for. What damage can I cost now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like me with Times Zest. You know, I've talked about this a little bit, but you know, that PSA integration, you know, they first say, Hey, thanks for, you know, disclosing this freaking thing. And to this day, they still have an eye door available, but they told me to go kick rocks That was your
2: fault because their logs couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. Yo, know, you do a little bit of fuzzing and their logs can't handle it. They're like, Oh, we can't really tell you. I'm like, whatever, the guys, whatever. So,
1: you see Chris Weaver's comment. That was kind of cool. How do you feel about someone walking by and saying, hey, your window's open you might want to close it? Hell yeah, totally good. If you walk in the window and tell me on the inside, you get a hole. Really. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, no, wait, they're, wait, they're what if they
2: walk by, they tell you and then they ask you for money?
6: <laughs> uh, well, I, I think the other side uh, of this too, like, I thought a vulnerability in your premise. You gotta remember, like, the federal government is not one entity. And like, so you have a lot of defendability parts there. Like, I know we talked about the FBI being like, oh, hey, you know, they used to, Try and enforce this anyhow, but like, like for a long time, people even defense contractors didn't want to let the FBI in the door because as soon as you did, you were getting visits from HSI, uh, Secret Service, um, everybody else on it. Somebody's going to ask, can I put a box on your network? So and it was like just this thing that was like, all right, you may not legally enforce me, but it's it's hard for me to keep having these agents come through and looking through all my company's documentation. And somebody's going to want to say, hey, what's your export compliance? What's this? What's that? And it's like I, I'd rather not have that. The other thing is, is with DOJ putting out the memo, I think the other side of it is, is them trying to send a signal to the rest of the federal government saying that, listen, if you're going to have people who are voluntary, like kind of giving us stuff, let's do that. Even if they're asking money, that's a business problem. Let's let them deal with it. But what we don't want to have is this stuff coming to light and then us having to, like, you know, go back and forth, like, let's remove one part of that equation from it and try to set a precedent of how people should be going forward with this. It makes a lot of sense to us. But on the other side of that equation, on like the legal side, like you guys are worried about marketing people. I worry about the lawyers. And that's really where like a good thought folks to die of like, hey, who should we go in there? What should we do? Should we prosecute? Should we not prosecute? Comes into play. And I think that's probably why they decided to put out know, the, the other piece of that in an additional.
1: That's fascinating, John. You know, what's wild is like, I'm thinking back on pretty much every nation state, like. Save we've done. i I can't think of one of the the companies that told the government or wanted to or the FBI because they they didn't want a train of people coming in right They all exactly. like
0: rug you know they I mean that's so. like volunteering for a colonoscopy
4: in your business, yeah <laughs> I mean I will, I I will put out them. a plug for, yeah, I, was gonna say, I will put out a plug for the guys in uh, dice DC under d c three. Like they run the DIB CS program. Um, we're actually doing a program with them where they're deploying dark for free for defense contractors. Um, oh. but that is an organization that takes that relationship with the private sector to the extreme. They protect, they protect the folks that are involved. If you report, they don't creep. Um, they sometimes get in hot water with other organizations because of that, but they're, they're a really solid organization. The government that I've, I've been really, um, really impressed by. I think it's important to share uh, when you have it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, keep
1: some bounds around, make sure GC is involved, but I think it's really important to share that tradecraft that you're seeing just to get it up to give them situational awareness. I think one of the biggest challenges it's really hard for the government to be terribly effective in in actual cybersecurity other than education. You know, because it's because the way our intelligence services are set up, like NSA can only focus outbound fbi only inbound so there's no one that has a great view uh that they can bring it all together that it's not fully wrapped in crazy legal processes and so i mean x how many times if we had the fbi come to one of our customers and said hey someone was attacking you six months ago and I'm like yeah i know we stopped it like 30 seconds and thanks, <laughs> thanks. Yep. really late for the party guys <laughs> right yeah uh, that, that but i can foresee yeah. how this happened because there was something overseas that trip did it made down requests for like you know, extra data and finally it gets the customer. that's that feedback loop that's gotta be changed. And we need more like live Intel sharing. I mean, I know we do some, we do have kind of a live mechanism. Um, and we get some in return as well, which is useful. Um, but it's really, really important. Like it has to be speed matters in this game.
4: Well, I I don't know if I've ever talked about it here, but that program at DOD, like what's happening on the back end is we're, they're giving us their sensitive government indicators. We're including that in our scoring for just those customers. It's an AWS GovCloud, and so we're detecting and blocking threats on their indicators. We're also doing all of our other stuff, but then we're sharing the metadata, the summary of the metadata, like port, protocol, uh, source, destination, data volume. We're 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 storing that all in real time in an ELK stack, in an anonymous form, where the DoD can actually watch that. So if they get an IOC from the intelligence community, they can search in Elk in lot in real time and say, is this showing up in the dip? So it's that's like, it's awesome. It's kind of one of those passions of mine from way back when I, when I was with White House and DHS, and it's cool to see it actually working. That is a good example of
6: it working the right. I, that's
4: great. Exactly.
6: To I suck at the thing around DC three. I got most of my training out of DC three when I was with the government. They're great. They're a great organization. Yep. Um, and genuinely like want to help out and, and not be uh, intrusive. I think the flip side of this too is thinking about it in terms of like, we talk about like the government network as if this, you know, you want to talk about networks that don't really have a solid boundary, right? Like, yeah, you can talk about like the gig, you talk about what DISA has under their purview and stuff like that, but you're forgetting about the hundreds of other federal networks that are operating somehow. Like, Like there was literally one CI guy, I think, at the Department of Agriculture. And that's all like, that's, Why did they need intelligence? I don't know. Maybe they need to be able to coordinate and work with other teams on that. There are like, um, and that's just coming Like the actual government-owned assets, like owned by the federal government. You have a lot of weird assets that are hybrid-owned, like, you know, fusion centers, like who owns controls what thing. And then you have all of the other things that kind of fall under like that weird, you know, defense uh, contractor type of area. Like, who owns the class of network? We're talking the dentist, but like, it's under the purview. And so you get those weird boundaries there that go out incredibly far, I think far much further and much, they're much more impactful even overseas that people necessarily think about, so like who owns those things? It's really, you know, we talked about wanting to try and have this, you know, public private partnership where we're sharing information. Well, I mean, I would personally be happy if. Just anything that touches something that's federal government, not even state, just federal government had sharing of its own. Like they could understand and get their hands around that type of network because it's truly massive. Yeah.
1: Very distributed, lots of agencies, overlapping authorities. It's a it's a challenge for sure. There's no no question. I mean, I'm not quite sure we can share stuff effectively still. I came out of there. It's been twelve years at the agency. You know (laughs) what?
4: It's crazy. Well, maybe tick 3.0 will solve it when tick 3.0 two or tick 1.0 didn't. Yeah.
6: Would you guys I think see uh, is going to come down next year? CMMC um, uh, 2. That'll fix all our problems. John's going to make us all drive into traffic.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Just make it CIS and call it a day. Thank you. <laughs> At least they yeah. tell you what the. I really like yeah. those frameworks. It's like yeah. you can change this configuration to X. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Moving on. I'm a big, big fan of the CIS stuff.
0: So, I mean, we're getting close to the top of the hour, and I do want to be respectful. Um, Alan was able to finally be able to join us, and thank you, Alan. So I know
2: you've been traveling. I'm sorry? I have one question for Alan. That is the most important question ever. You got it. Did you lose your sense of taste?
7: Oh, God, no. Okay, then we're good. No, I, I Other would questions? have questions. That's it. Well, so I have my next sommelier certification, uh, scheduled for June 7th. And, uh, when I tested positive, like I spent the rest of the day sniffing everything I could to make okay. sure that.
2: That's I why I asked. Cause you know, we got to put it's, the important things first here.
7: I, I was very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a death sentence. You get COVID, <laughs> you, you're getting things you can't taste or, or smell. It's- right, so all I'd have left is my cybersecurity career instead of my wine <laughs> hobby. Oh no, um- <laughs> um,
2: priorities. But Fact. what's uh, what are you seeing these days, Alan? That you want to talk about?
7: Um, I am fascinated by the whole SpiceJet Airlines ransomware attack and the the idea of. The idea of that, that's been discussed on Twitter this morning of, could that be the, that kind of extra extortion that we talk about, where if you have passengers on a plane or stuck in an airport trying to pressure airlines to pay in order to, you know, get everything back up and running. Now, we all here know that just because you pay the ransom doesn't mean bam, your ransomware attack magically goes away. But it is kind of a fascinating idea. Are, are we going to see more interest from ransomware actors and going after these kind of targets, given the, 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 the kind of outcry and attention they're getting from this one, that, that could be immediately disruptive to, uh, to, 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 you know, bystanders.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's a silent attack growing? A silently, gr- a silently growing interest on attacking our infrastructure. It doesn't have to just be electric and gas, but yeah. I mean, so travel is a form yeah. of infrastructure, if you will, right?
5: There's been uh, agriculture companies getting ransomware recently, too, I think two Perchard- big were hit pretty recently. Yeah, but uh, so, their hygiene is worse than type. healthcare pet companies. Should, they should have let me work on my Don John Deere tractor. Exactly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> With the airline ransomware thing, there's a new Samuel L. Jackson movie, Worms on a Plane, you know?
2: <laughs> no it was not God. It. God! Don't give them ideas. they'll make
4: it.
2: <laughs> Why do we what come up with the song? me <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: I think we should you know one. I think jokes. One, one that's nasty. That luckily, I think it's kind of hard technically to pull off. Is like holding buildings hostage. You know, because there's a lot of times a manual override for building automation systems, and so you can encrypt like the computer that controls them that's running your software. But if anyone gets to the point of being able to mess with the firmware but not destroy it and hold the building hostage, that it take a more technical, um, you know, kind of approach and a lot more uh, R and D. But boy, I I would hate that one because that Wasn't would work.
2: Wasn't Didn't they just increase the speed of the centrifuge?
1: I guess. I mean, that's what I read. It sounded like <laughs> it. I mean, the uh, um, yeah, that that's that's a typical industrial control style attack in. You know, usually, like, especially in buildings, like, you have a huge age range of industrial control equipment in there, and it's really similar to SCADA. They run backnet instead of maybe Modbus or TCP. Like, those protocols are unauthenticated, so if you get in, you can craft packets and change set points uh, in fans and in boilers and all that stuff, but the system that actually can talk to the firmware on your chillers and boilers and your water treatment, that's the area that gets a little a little janky and okay. scary because that is the wild west. I mean, that's one area like, I think, I'm curious if you guys are seeing more attacks on physical security infrastructure that's integrated with Windows Domain, kind of like the Sony attack had some of that mm-hmm. going on. But we had a, a, a breach of one of our customers, and we're like, and this was a port, right? And we're like, damn, we got to hustle and knock this one out. So we did. And we were really impressed. It turned out to be the federal government doing the actual pen test on port oh, yeah. critical instruction. They did a freaking oh. great job. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Gotta give them credit for it, but people gotta look at that a lot more. And I highly recommend separating your badge swipe off. Everyone, all the vendors tell you to integrate that with Active Directory. So if you fire someone, you can delete their account and their badge swipe's gone. It's a terrible idea because if you get ransom, it
0: smokes your entire physical security infrastructure, like immediately. But that requires VLANs and network segmentation and that's just too hard, John. <laughs> I know.
1: Just break the domain tie, and like we'll call that good enough. <laughs>
6: I thought the cloud was going to solve all those for us. <laughs> that
1: that does make it oh not perfect, but a little
6: better. It's a little hard. I mean, maybe not the cloud. But it's I, oh, I know it's got to be the cloud plus crypto. That's right.
5: Yeah, there with an yeah, the yeah, NFT. Yeah, yeah, man, you got to put it on the blockchain.
0: Exactly, You're the player. blockchain yeah. solves everything.
5: Yeah, That's yeah. funny
1: about the cloud. Cloud services. T- what we see customers who still roll all on-prem get smoked more than than the others that are more kind of a full cloud model, but boy, the cloud is awesome until it's not, and it's a house of cards when... Did you
2: have anyone affected by Okta? If you could say. I don't think so. Did we,
5: X? No, it's not, it's not super popular in uh, our customer base. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, that's that's always scary. You know, you think about, like, cloud networking control, like, jeez, imagine if that stuff gets taken over and you can wreck house fast. Oh, yeah. So all the network vendors need to, like, if they're kind of loading a binary and it goes into memory, they need to freaking cryptographically sign that stuff. It's really, really important.
5: And yeah, and and test the process too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've seen a lot that are cryptographically signed, but, uh, (laughs) there could be some, uh, you know, where they get these OS firmwares from. For all these devices, it's not <laughs> the most legit sources. Yeah. And they all so where they get like the, the actual operating system on the IoT device. It's never they don't usually build it from the ground up. It's usually
0: licensed, right? right. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, now that we get to the top of the hour, any closing remarks from everybody before we close this thing out?
4: Should we go on to see everybody?
0: I
2: got nothing. So start with the guys who actually know what they're doing. There John, one of the Johns, Javier,
5: Vince, Alan, the
1: Johns. <laughs> I, don't know. I would just say thanks for doing this. It was too long. If they we were doing this every month, I was already. So I'm in Ooh, next month. This is fun. I think it's really good to get people like unscripted, no sales bullshit. Right. I'm so tired of these thinly veiled sales pitches. Let's talk honest, and real, Be educational. It's better.
2: But but make sure you give John, both Johns, Vince, and Alan your money and buy. Yes, the product. that's very important. They can't say it, but I can. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and Shiva's got a link to his podcast there in the uh in his title bar so definitely check out the amplified and intensified podcast and uh doing some great stuff over there and with that we will wrap this one up everybody stick well, around what for about
2: vince john and al anything oh i'm can, sorry
0: my right?
7: apologies nope just gonna say thanks for the time today it was awesome yeah i apologies for being late had a customer meeting that ran long but um i thought you were doing a wine tasting to be honest with you uh, I, I wish, uh, sadly, um, i um, I'm, I'm not allowed to leave the house, but I still have meetings to go to. So, uh,
0: um, and you can still drink wine at your house too.
7: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Thank thank you guys for, uh, inviting me also onto this. You know, uh, we also have our own podcast too, uh, called the unfair fight for yeah. uh, five point cyber. So. Look out for that. Go check it out. It ranges all over. It's not even just cybersecurity sometimes. Uh, John's has high level level athletes. It gets a little bit outside of just cybersecurity. So a little bit for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah the Recorded Future just launched their new um their podcast with the, the I forget the Tina. They, she that yeah. was a
2: pretty good per, that's a pretty good podcast. Highly
0: recommend it too. Yeah, it's awesome. It did take me a couple I'll episodes. Be, I'll to be get, checking I, that out. It did take me a couple episodes to get adapted to her uh her style.
2: You just gotta listen faster, man.
0: That's all. (laughs) Faster. The name of the game. All right, let's get this thing closed out. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Please like, subscribe. Please share this with somebody you think you be uh, you'll find value with this thing. We want to be able to spread this message. Please subscribe to us as we um, as we try to expand this thing and be able to make this thing grow. Until then. Thank you so much for joining and we will talk to y'all next time. Take care.